You might notice that the media is not going to cover today's news exactly appropriately. Uh, so please subscribe to this channel. Hit the bell for notifications. Like the show. Help spread the word so that, I don't know, there's some sanity left. Uh, we have Harrison Tinsley come in in a little bit to tell us a, a crazy story about him as a parent and trying to, a mom that's saying their kid is non-binary. It's a crazy story. We're going to get to that in a little while. The DOJ has unleashed their newest indictment against former Donald, Donald Trump. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk to you about climate change today as well. We should start probably with the Donald Trump stuff, though, because, you know, it's the latest in this unending. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know what to call it anymore. And we're just talking about a DOJ that seems to do nothing other than just indict Donald Trump over and over and over again. This is the latest. Uh, Jonathan Carl tweets it out. Former President Trump has been informed. He has been indicted by a federal grand jury regarding the special counsel's probe into Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Sources with direct knowledge uh, tell ABC News the actual indictment has been posted. We're going to go through some of this here in a little bit. It looks like Rudy Giuliani is also has also been indicted, among others. It's sort of a big story to unwind. So we're going to wait and do that here in a few minutes as we get more and more details. Story is kind of breaking here as we are going through the uh, taping of today's show. So we'll get to that here in just a couple of minutes. We're going to start by doing the media's climate scare tactics. And there's not really, I mean, there's nothing that you could possibly be blown away by here anymore, right? I mean, at this point, we've seen everything the media can do. Or have we? I don't know, because I don't know if you've noticed, it's been hot, okay? It's been hot. It was hot in Phoenix. This is a crazy thing to the media right now. It was very, very hot in Phoenix. In fact, they had all sorts of records set, uh, which was over the top, right? Super, super hot. It was over 110 degrees for a bunch of days in a row. And look, I was in Phoenix at the very beginning of that. And it was really hot. You notice that you know, talking to locals, they say people kind of go away this kind of year. This time of year, people say, you know what, where can we go on vacation? Because it doesn't seem that fun to be here this time of year. Every other time of the year, it's great to be in Phoenix. But, you know, in the middle of the summer, it gets hot in the desert. And this has been something that many people have noticed over a long period of time. Uh, however, apparently... It's just too, too much this particular time. And we're getting a lot of media hype right now. We saw this with the fires in Canada. These wildfires are blowing and it's blowing smoke down uh, into the United States. And this is the type of thing that's going to happen every single day for the rest of your life. It's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Panic, panic, panic. Now, forget the facts here. The facts don't matter at all. They're not important. This has really got nothing to do with facts. Uh, Bjorn Lomborg pointed this out uh, in uh, his op-ed in the Wall Street Journal um, about the fires in particular. And you think it, the title is Climate Change Hasn't Set the World on Fire. Now you'd think, and we do hear more reports about fires, right? We were, if it does feel like we're dealing with more forest fires and wildfires than we have in the past. And that's, you know, it's understandable when you're watching the news, you get that sense. I don't blame the average person for thinking this is going on, but I do blame the media for not looking into it. I do blame the media for not actually giving the people perspective and the facts about this stuff. Um, and I'll give you, I don't, we just pulled this up. I don't know if you can, you can see the chart and I'll give you the chart right here. It's, it's basically goes down, okay? That's how these charts work. And this is a chart uh, from of global burned area from 2001 to 2022. And you would think 
it's gone up. It's skyrocketed, right? We've had all this global warming, and that has led to all sorts of wildfires and everything else. Well, actually, no. It went from about 3% down to 2.2%, and a pretty consistent downward trajectory. And this is supposed to be the world on fire. As Lomborg points out in his op-ed, which uh, we can tweet over at... Uh, Actually, we should we can X. I don't. What, what are we calling it now? I don't know. Go to Twitter.com/slash/StuDoesAmerica. We'll put it out there. Um, I think that site still works. I don't even know. Uh, he said, when reading uh, headlines about fires, remember the other climate scare tactics that proved proved to be duds. Polar bears were once the poster cubs for climate action, yet we are now estimated to have be more populous with polar bears than at any other time in the past half century. We were told climate change would produce more hurricanes, yet satellite data shows the number of hurricanes globally since 1980 has trended slightly downward. This is the same with uh, you know, tornadoes and floods and droughts and over and over and over and over again, this story is told and it's true over and over. Again, uh, the amount of death caused by natural disasters and weather climate events is down 98% over the past 100 years. This has been something of a success story, you would think, but not to the media. I'm getting to the point now, I think we might need to do another special just on the climate and go through all these claims and debunk them because they just get repeated over and over and over again. We need to just put out the truth in one package. Maybe we do that in in the next couple of weeks because it's driving me crazy. Now, one of the things that global climate activists always say is panic. Things are getting worse. You're all going to die. It's irreversible if we don't do something today. Today passes. Then they say it's irreversible. We can't do something tomorrow. This rolls over people because you can't just say the sky is falling all the time and expect people to continue to believe you. I mean, this has become so ridiculous that even the head of the UN IPCC is speaking out against it. He says, don't overstate the 1.5 degrees Celsius Celsius threat, the new IPCC uh, head says. He says he he warned against laying too much value on the international community's current nominal target of limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius compared to the pre-industrial era. We should not despair and fall into a state of shock if global temperatures were to increase by this amount, he said. Uh, He expanded on why if you constantly communicate the message that we are all doomed to extinction, then that paralyzes people and prevents them from taking the necessary steps to get a grip on climate change. The world won't end if it warms by more than 1.5 degrees. This has been the message of the Democratic Party and the media for a decade. They have said if it goes past 1.5 degrees, we will all die. The, the, The world will end. We've heard this over and over and over again. And now as it gets closer and we have warmed a little bit over the past uh, 100 years, I don't you know, is it something to be all that worried about? I don't know. I think you go back 100 years. Do you want to live then or you want to live now? I mean, you know, social media makes me want to live then. But other than that, it's kind of kind of better. Right. The air conditioning is kind of everywhere. There's a lot of good things. The cars are safer. There's been a lot of really good improvements to human life over that time. I don't think you'd go back and choose to trade the one degree Celsius that we've uh, uh, warmed in the past 100 years. Now, what does this mean? Well, the media, of course, is fear mongering. Of course, uh, The Hill writes the media's climate fear mongering doesn't help anyone. And it's true because even if this is the problem that they say it is, scaring people it doesn't help. It panics people. We're seeing a rise in all sorts of um, mental health conditions, particularly with children who are legitimately freaked out. I mean, we, you know, it's easy to look at Greta Thunberg and say, okay, Greta is insane and she's obviously a nutcase. But I mean, she has been 
told she's going to die. Like she's going to die because of the weather. And she's told this over and over and over and over again. You could see how she might get stressed out, at least as a 13, 14, 15 year old. I don't know. Now she's a little older. She should probably have a little bit of perspective, but she's still a young person who doesn't have the perspective to understand that these claims come and these claims go. They have forever. Go back 50 years. You'll see them talking about global cooling in the same exact way. So. What is the solution to this? What is the media doing after hearing like the UN IPCC head coming out and saying, hey, guys, stop trying to panic people? Because number one, it panics them and freaks them out. And number two, it makes it feel hopeless. So even if they're right about all this and we do need to make all these changes, people sit back and say, well, why would I do them? You told me last week it was irreversible. What's the point? Well, uh, what does the Washington Post do? They just double down, as they always do. It's not just hot climate anomalies are emerging around the globe. Then we have uh, Axios. This is my favorite one. Existential threats to humanity are soaring this year with a skull as the picture. Now, you'll notice the globe is in the eyes. So I guess that's a double world skull. But that's skull. They just want to remind you you're going to be dead because of this. Good job, Axios. Solid, solid reporting. Um, Look, we know that this has been the running narrative of the left for a very long time. And despite the evidence that comes out that shows that maybe we shouldn't have freaked out so much. Maybe we can adapt to these things if they wind up happening. Maybe that's the sensible way of looking at this. Instead of freaking out and trying to spend trillions of dollars before we really even had the technology available to solve these problems, if they're 100% right about them, the solution is, well, no, well, let's panic everybody, get everybody worked up. And what is the climate grift of the day? Well, it always leads back to the same thing. Spend your money, donate to climate organizations, or at least vote for Democrats. Give your money to Democratic politicians. Because Republicans apparently control the weather. Multiple Democrats have come out. Hillary Clinton did this the other day. She said, if you know, if you think it's warm outside, blame a MAGA Republican. I mean, it's, it's flattering, right? It's flattering that they think you might be in control of the weather. I mean, I guess, you know, giving you that godlike power is an interesting approach. But I got to tell you, I don't have much control over the weather. It kind of does what it does. I deal with it. I'm in control about how I deal with it, how I react to the weather. What I usually do is walk inside of the air conditioning and continue to encourage the sorts of innovations that lead to making life better and more comfortable for human beings. I prioritize human flourishing over some weird earth religion uh, that everybody on the left seems to, uh, to engage in. I don't, that's not the way I look at the world. I look at the world as a place which is great and it is a wonderful, uh, beautiful place at times, but its primary purpose, at least as far as humans concern, are, are concerned, is to make life better for humans, to make sure humans can flourish, that they can live their best lives, to make sure that we can all uh, go along, do what we wanna do, live with our families, uh, have, a, have a, a, a successful life, a life that is uh, fruitful and, and rewarding. And we do these things a lot of times with the assistance of technology that make those things easier. We don't run away from those in, in, uh, innovations. We don't take uh, you know, uh, you know, the idea that cars are moving us around at fast speeds and, and all sorts of technologies exist to make our lives better. We don't look at that and say, oh, that's a terrible thing because it's hurting the earth. We look at it as something, well, well, it's a good thing because it's helping people. 
And over time, people develop the innovations that allow us to adapt to the weather changing over a long period of time, which is something that is going on in theory right now. But I mean, a lot of the trends show that it's completely overblown. So what is the government doing about this? Well, they're going to take away your light bulbs. How about that? Uh, How about them apples? And by the way, today is the day. Congratulations. Incandescent light bulbs can no longer be produced or sold as of today. The incandescent light bulb ban, which you may remember from, I think it was Christmas Eve in 2007 when George W. Bush slipped this through. Really, really frustrating. And by the way, you say that we don't, you know, are we a partisan show? No, George W. Bush was at fault along with Democrats, but George W. Bush was at fault for the light bulb ban, a rule issued in 2007, which was eventually rolled back, thankfully, by the Trump administration. It was updated again last year by the Biden administration, effectively bans the sale of common incandescent light bulbs. The rule uh, went fully into effect August uh, 1st. Now, there is a, I have the article here, there's a long list of different reasons you can have them, uh, like, Plant lights, flood lights, reflector lamps, showcase lights, traffic signals, colored lamps, infrared lamps. There's a bunch of exceptions. So if you want to really use them, especially if you use the artistic bulbs, you can still use them. But here's the thing. When this happened in 2007, I remember being really, really upset about it because the alternate technology that was available was fluorescent lights. And fluorescent lights sucked. Okay, They sucked really bad. And nobody liked them. And the fact that they wanted to get rid of incandescent bulbs before fluorescent lights was a really annoying thing. Now, it took a lot of time. It never really went into full effect. And it was then reversed by the Trump administration, now put back in. Um, and now we have it uh, implemented from the Biden administration. But in that period, what happened? Well, LED lights happened. LED lights became uh, uh, affordable and available to everyone else. And here's the thing. Not everyone feels exactly the same way on this, but let me generalize. LED lights are pretty great. They're just really good technology. They last forever. They run on almost no electricity. And the main thing I like about them is you don't have to freaking change them all the time. They last for like a zillion years. And they cost a little more up front. That's true. But they last a really long time and you don't have to go around uh, screwing them in all all over the place. They're particularly great for like ceilings, because if you got to get up and get up on a ladder to try to change the light bulbs or get one of those long poles that you go up there and try to undo them, it can be really, really annoying. So LED lights came along. And you know what? They're better than incandescent bulbs, in my opinion. Uh, They've improved the color of them now. They kind of give you that warm color. They're great, and that's what's changed this argument. Not the rule, not anyone banning anything, but better technology coming along and the market solving that problem. That's how it always should be. This is also how it should be with cars. However, that's not how it is with the cars. Ford is set to lose $4.5 billion on electric vehicles just this year, despite increasing revenue. And here's the thing. The government is trying to force these companies to do this. Look. I, I like gas-powered cars. I do. Uh, I'm a fan of them. And I don't want an electric car, though I can see why they're great for some people. There's certain things, particularly uh, in commercial use, that, you know, if you have a, a fleet of cars, you want people driving around, can be really useful. I have a friend who has a Tesla. He really likes it. He doesn't have to drive long distances. It works really well for him and his lifestyle. Tesla does a really good job with the electric car thing. We don't need to force every other car company to do this, especially when they don't want it. But they all know they have to be in line for the next series of bailouts that's around the corner. And so with their hands out, they go through these changes knowing they're going to lose billions and billions of dollars, but 
if they it's a it's a never ending cycle. They take the last bailout and then they have to start making the electric cars because if they don't do that, they won't get the next bailout. So they make the electric cars, they lose billions of dollars, and eventually they'll start getting more and more cash from the government when they need it. Uh, This is, by the way, something, this entire approach, where instead of passing a law, you just go through and force the companies to do it, is something you can see covered in Glenn Beck's series on the Great Reset, the latest uh, dark future, just came out. I encourage you to read it, to see how this strategy works and where it's going next. One other thing I want to point out before we go, and uh, we're going to get to the uh, Donald Trump indictment stuff here in just a second. This slipped by me on vacation, and I want to make sure you know about it. And this is something we need to talk about. You know this whole solar panel thing? They say solar panels are the, the solution to this. We've got a bunch of solar panels and no, no emissions. Well, they do have some emissions. Uh, emissions, of course, when they're being produced, and that has been somewhat calculated into the process. It makes solar panels a lot less ideal. The better way of saying it is, oh, there's no emissions, and it makes everyone think they're perfect. But, of course, there are emissions as they produce them. Lately, they did another study on China, and all the, they make most of the solar panels for the world. In fact, we told by Al Gore, they're on the cutting edge of, uh, of, of climate-reducing technology. Well, a little problem with that. This is just new from Michael Schellenberger covering the study. People say solar panels don't produce carbon emissions, but they do. And now a major new investigation by Environmental Progress, which, by the way, is not a right-wing organization. They find that solar panels made in China produce at least three times more carbon emissions than the IPCC claimed. So all the climate models that told you about solar panels, that told you we had to convert to solar panels, underestimated the amount of emissions from solar panels by three times. And we're supposed to take these people seriously. I I take them as seriously as I take our DOJ right now. We're going to get into the Trump, the latest indictment that just came down. We'll give you the details coming up here in just a second. Well, as if you don't have enough to worry about, have you heard of the Durban Accords? No? Well, August 22nd is coming up. The BRICS nation, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, are expected to announce the launch of a new international super currency, fully backed by gold or other commodities. This is part of their long-term plan to supplant the U.S. and the dollar. And you've been knowing, we've been talking about this uh, for uh, a long time. How can you protect your IRA or 401k from this, though? Because this is, could be a huge deal. Diversify with gold from Birch Gold Group. Historically, gold has been a safe haven for times of high uncertainty. And by the way, you're in a time of high uncertainty if you have not realized that recently. Get a free info kit uh, on gold. Uh, check out their IRAs. Decide for yourself. If a tax-sheltered retirement account backed by physical precious metals is right for you, just take the word STU to the number 989898. There's a monumental shift happening among nations right now. Who knows what's going to happen with this, but it's scary and it's coming very, very soon in the next couple of weeks. Arm yourself with information to protect your retirement savings. Text STU to the number 989898. It's STU to the number 989898 and claim your free info kit from Birch Gold. Get excited, everybody. It's indictment number three. Is it? This one, I can't even keep track anymore. Yes, here we go. New indictment. It is in 45 pages. This is what it looks like. It's a bunch of text on paper. Um, so uh, there's a lot to go through here. This is sort of breaking as we're recording this. So 
I have not read the whole thing yet. I can tell you a few details about it, and we'll kind of get this will lead the discussion going into tomorrow. You've got four counts against Trump. One, conspiracy to defraud the United States. Count two, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. Count three, obstruction and of and an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding. So that's totally different. So you've got conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding and obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding. And then also conspiracy against rights. Now, if I rem- my memory serves me, that is that real stretch that they were looking for which was back a reconstruction era situation where they were trying to say that they uh, that Trump trying to change the election was change, uh, taking people away from their rights. Uh, I mean, it was a real legal stretch that a lot of people don't think ha- has much hope in court. Uh, that one in particular seemed particularly uh, weak. But, you know, again, we don't know all the details yet. Uh, there are six co-conspirators uh, listed in the indictment. Now, of course, they're all listed like co-conspirator one, co-conspirator two. We don't know what who all of them are yet. There's a couple, though, you do know. Co-conspirator one, by the descriptions in the document, is quite clearly Rudy Giuliani. Uh, looks like John Eastman is in there. Sidney Powell is in there. Um, Clark, as well, looks like he is one of the co-conspirators. There's speculation. Um, Jeffrey Clark, by the way. Um, there's speculation of a, a bunch of different people, people you'd know, um, you know, political names, some maybe uh, smaller people. You've seen this over and over again as they've gone through these indictments. Well, they'll, they'll indict people you've never even heard of. People who move boxes are getting indictments now because they move boxes for Donald Trump. Uh, so this is obviously something that uh, Trump is excited to take advantage of. Now, look, he doesn't want, no one wants to be indicted. Um, and Trump doesn't want to be indicted, I'm sure. But Trump also knows how to play this indictment very, very well to his own advantage. And he is leading by 30 and 40 points. A good chunk of this is because of these indictments, which are helping him in the primary. He is tweeting about them or, I guess, truthing about them all the time, uh, trying to make sure that people know that they are cracking down on him. And his line, which he's used many, many times to much success, is, look, it's not me that they're coming after. They're just coming after you through me. That's what he uh, tells his voters all the time, and it, it connects with them, I think, in a real way. We have uh, the Trump statement on the indictment, and let me read this to you. Uh, he posted this on Truth Social. Uh, there's nothing, uh, nothing, this is nothing more than the latest corrupt chapter in the continued pathetic attempt by the Biden crime family and their weaponized Department of Justice to interfere with the 2024 presidential election in which President Trump is the undisputed frontrunner and leading by a substantial margin. Can you tell that he wrote this one himself? Uh, I think you can. Uh, But why did they wait two and a half years to bring these fake charges right in the middle of President Trump's winning campaign for 2024? This is literally a transcript of him talking. Just so you know. Uh, Why was it announced the day after the big crooked Joe Biden scandal broke out of the halls of Congress? These, by the way, are good questions. The answer is election interference. The lawlessness of these persecutions of President Trump and his supporters is reminiscent of Nazi Germany in the 1930s, the former Soviet Union and other authoritarian dictatorial regimes. President Trump has always followed the law and the Constitution with advice from many highly accomplished attorneys, which are costing him a fortune. Some of the fundraising stuff that has come out over the past 
few weeks has been remarkable of how much money he's had to spend to defend himself against all of these cases. These un-American witch hunts will fail and President Trump will be elected to the White House so he can save our country from the abuse, incompetence and corruption that is running through the veins of our country at levels never seen before. Again, he definitely wrote this one. This is, this is not some spokesperson. This is Donald Trump right from his mouth. Three years ago, we had strong borders, energy independence, no inflation, and a great economy. Today, we are a nation in decline. President Trump will not be deterred by a disgraceful and unprecedented political targeting. That's from President Trump breaking as we speak. The Washington Post has a story out. The Trump charge and probe of January 6th efforts to overturn 2020 election. Let me give you some of the details on this as we go. A grand jury indicted former President Trump Tuesday for a raft of alleged crimes in his brazen efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 election, the latest legal and political aftershock stemming from the riot at the U.S. Capitol two and a half years ago. The four-count, 45-page indictment accuses Trump of three distinct conspiracies, charging that he conspired to defraud the U.S., conspired to obstruct an official proceeding, and conspired against people's rights. What about the efforts to potential... What was the, what was the other one? They don't even mention the obstruction and the attempt, obstruction of and the attempt to obstruct an official proceeding. Where was that? Huh? Didn't even mention that one. Uh, Despite having lost, the defendant was determined to remain in power. The indictment charges. There was a press conference from Jack Smith. He kind of went through some of this uh, as he went through, but we're kind of. I mean, I could give you some of the audio, but it's basically him just reading it. The indictment could mark a major new phase in Smith's investigation of the former president as his aides and allies coming nearly two months after Trump and his longtime valet were indicted for allegedly mishandling classified documents and scheming to prevent government officials from retrieving them. Trump, who has pleaded not guilty in the documents case, denies all wrongdoing related to the 2020 election as well. He announced on social media July 18th that his lawyers have been told he was a target in the election-focused probe. But again, I, and I brought this up a million times, but when it comes to the documents, you know, they, they may have him on, on some technicality with those. I mean, that, that's at least the speculation from some uh, legal experts. I don't know. I mean, I'm not... Uh, an expert on the law in that particular area. But I can tell you what I care about. And the fact that Donald Trump had some documents in his uh, his bathroom and or showed them to someone writing a biography, which, by the way, how do we get any information out of biographies? There's extensive behind-the-scenes biographies written about every president. How do we get any information about them? Gee, I don't know. Is it because these sources are telling these authors these things all the time? The fact that he showed a document to an author about a biography, if true, which he, of course, denies it, but if true, doesn't honestly bother me that much. He saw the documents in the White House. Uh, The fact that he still had them in his bathroom, okay, maybe he's supposed to send them back. Okay, who cares? I really don't care. Now, if they actually have something, and again, I haven't read this full indictment yet. It just came out. If they have something on him trying to overturn the election, this is going to it could be potentially something that could be worthwhile to talk about. Right. I mean, like if they had evidence of all this, maybe they do. Maybe we'll find out they do just over and over again. These big promises of of the smoking gun wind up turning out to be false. We will see what they actually have here. But again, like, do I re- I mean, do I really care about his documents and his bathroom? Yeah. Not that much. I'm not worried about that, really. I don't think the American people are going to make their decision on who their next leader should be based on whether somebody stored documents improperly. If they find that Donald Trump uh, was doing like if he if we find out, like, for example, Donald Trump's on tape saying, I, I know I didn't win, but I still have to lie and try to retain power. Look, a lot of people would be turned off by that. A lot of people would say, uh, OK, I'm done. 
Okay, I would be that way, certainly. Um, But do they have that? We'll see. We're going to go look through the indictment and we'll get to more of this on radio tomorrow. We'll have a bunch of people on uh, experts to talk about this, legal experts, as well as going through it piece by piece. We'll see what we have. And we're also going to not let this distract us. We know what some of these efforts are targeted to do, which is to make sure we don't look at all the stuff we've been talking about already this week when it comes to Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and the corruption there, where there's tons and tons of evidence. There's no coincidence that this is coming out a day after everything that came out yesterday. We're not going to let that ball drop. We're not going to make sure we're not going to only focus on the Trump stuff. We want to make sure you know what it is. want to make sure you understand all the details behind it. But at the same time, we're not going to just let the ball drop. We're not going to let them distract us. We're not going to look at the shiny squirrel running around on the other side uh, and lose focus on the other part of this, which is really, really important, which is the Biden corruption. We'll be back with more here in just a second. So what would it be like if the global medication supply chain of antibiotics just kind of disappeared? Uh, Most of our medicine in this country is manufactured in places like India and China. And you can bet they're going to take care of their own needs first. So what about you? What about the medicines you need every day? What if you have like cholesterol medicine you need on a daily basis? What happens? Well, the Jace case from Jace Medical is a great way to keep yourself pre- uh, prepared for the worst when it comes to antibiotics. It's a pack of five different courses of antibiotics that you can use to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, things like respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, and a whole lot more. It's great for travel. It's great for shortages. They also have a year-long supply of those medicines that you do need maybe every day, whether it's mental health medication or uh, cholesterol or whatever. Whatever it is, you can get a year-long supply with Jace Medical. It's a really, really helpful option. Go to jacemedical.com. Enter the code STU at checkout. The promo code is STU at jasemedical.com, jacemedical.com. It's the Jace case from Jace Medical. I have an absolutely incredible story to tell you out of California, and we have the person who's right in the middle of it to tell you tell the story to you. His name is Harrison Tinsley. He's currently fighting for full custody of his son, Sawyer, who is being raised as non-binary by his mother. You can help Harrison and his fight by donating toward his legal funds at givesendgo.com slash savingsawyer. Harrison, I wish it wasn't in these circumstances, but thank you so much for coming on and telling the story. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so you're in California. Can yeah. you kind of take us back to the beginning of this relationship and, and walk us through as much of the story as you can? Yeah, I was, I was living in Tahoe and spending a lot of time in the Bay Area. I met a girl. We fell in love. You know, She had a lot of wonderful qualities and... We started dating, and shortly, if just a few months into dating, she became pregnant, mm-hmm. and we were both very happy and excited about that, which is wonderful. And we never agreed politically. I always thought that that should not matter, which it shouldn't, but unfortunately today we're really polarized as a country. And essentially, she had some mental illness problems, so I was, you know, just fought through it with her and thought it was just something we could work on together. And yeah. basically, uh, as her pregnancy started going on a few months, she became very hostile towards me, and I was constantly getting threatened that I wouldn't see my son if, if I didn't do A or B. I wasn't basically exactly who she wanted me to be. And uh, it got to a point where she breaks up with me, sends me a cease and desist letter. I respect it. I don't find out that my son's born until about a week after from one of her friends. Mm. Two months after that, I file in court. It took 13 more months just for me to meet my son. So I met him when he was 15 months old, in spite of, as you know, knowing the entire time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, because this, 
Look, there's relationships go bad, right? Sometimes there's disagreement among parents. There can be ugly parts of this, and you know it's really unfortunate. You know, we lots of people have had to deal with that in their lives. But your situation really is a totally different level than that stuff because this goes on to a place where now it's not just the relationship and the fact that you know having a mother and father is really important uh, for your son. It's the way your uh, former, uh, your ex, is raising Sawyer. I mean, is it, is it is is she raising him as Sawyer, or is she raising him as some other name? So she does use his name Sawyer. That's actually the one thing me and her always agreed on, which is quite cool. That's nice. Yeah, and so so basically, I, I start to get to meet him at 15 months, start visitation, and essentially the judge hinted that. If I moved to the Bay Area, I would get custody of him mm -hmm. some way, shape, or form. So I moved to the Bay Area on the chance of getting custody, and I was awarded half custody. I was extremely thankful for that. It was such a blessing. Yeah. And basically, that's right around the time where his mom started to treat him as non-binary. And there was also, you know, some severe defamation of me online as well as in person. Yeah, I mean, really severe. I'm accusing you yeah. of horrific crimes. Correct. Uh, which, by the way, there does not seem to be anything to, and that's even from... I think it's a big problem in America. I think that if you yeah. accuse someone of a heinous crime um, falsely, that there should be repercussions for that. Right, and because they did look at this, right? I mean, the if court a... found that I did not do the, the heinous accusations. Yeah, there were assault accusations and such. You denied that. The, the court looked at it. They said, okay, this is not credible. Right. So that's out of the, that's out of the picture. But of course, the accusation still stands. You still right. have to. And what's crazy about family court? It's not like you're innocent until proven guilty. In family court, legitimately, you're guilty until proven innocent, essentially, mm. for accusations. That's why a lot of parents do that sort of thing. But anyway, so defamation to me, the gender stuff. There was an incident where his, his mother, my son's mom, was arrested uh, for child endangerment, placed on a fifty-one fifty hold while my son was with her. Mm -hmm. She was later later let off on the charges. But when I found out about it, it was still enough to, of course, concern me. Sure, so I, sure. I subpoenaed all the police body cam footage, et cetera, provided it to the court. And what did you find out? What, what, uh, what happened? What was the incident about? I don't know how much of this you can talk to, if you can't talk so about this. So essentially, there was just, uh, she had a roommate and they had a big argument. Mm -hmm. And my son ended up getting hurt by falling off the bed. It was a mm -hmm. bed that was held up by three chairs. It wasn't a bed on a bed frame. And he was only 20 months old at the time, oh so God. very young. Yeah. Um, there was a lot more accusations by the roommate and her brother as well of dangerous and aggressive behavior by my son's mom. Uh, that wasn't particularly on video. Him falling off the bed was. Mm. And, you know, there was all the accusations of threats of burning the house down, et cetera. So you were looking at this as the non-binary part of this is, you know. It was low on, on our list. <laughs> right, yeah, because yeah. I mean, you're worried about his actual physical safety at this point. Yep. So what do you do with this information? You bring this to the court. So it's interesting. I did it on an ex parte, which is like an immediate, the court hears this now as denied. Mm. Then I got the subpoena back from the body cam footage because all I had was the written report and I believe the 911 call. I got the police body cam footage, I was granted a motion for reconsideration, which a bunch of people told me, you'll never get that. That's like a one in a hundred chance. Well, I got it. Mm. Now it's granted a five day trial. I was also granted a restraining order for the harassment and defamation of me, um, which she actually viola violated too. That was part of the court trial was showing that evidence. Mm. So I bring all this to court, five day trial, which is extremely fortunate. A lot of people get a lot less time in court than that. And I was extremely confident Felt we laid out a really good case with a lot of evidence. I felt that the other side didn't have hardly any, uh, but the court rendered the decision afterwards to keep custody the same. And you were going and for that full they, custody. And I was going for full custody, and they, they also wouldn't rule on gender, and they ordered that my son would have to continue to see the same doctor, the doctor the mother preferred, 
who thinks it's okay to treat young kids as non-binary. Yeah, and, and, and how old is Sawyer? He's three and a half now. Three and a half. So this is not a, an 11-year-old who thinks they're making a conscious decision. This he, is, he says he's a boy, Stu. He says he's a boy. All the time. He adamantly says he's a boy. If you give him a girly toy even, he'll yell and scream at you. I'm not a girl, I'm a boy. He gets mad. But his mom is saying, no, actually, you're non-binary and, and raising him that way. No, I can't say what she does, but I've seen evidence of her at least doing that in the past, yes. Okay. But what's crazy is, is the premise, right, the idea is that you should let your kids choose. Crazy premise that I obviously disagree with, but <laughs> right. let's grant it, right? And then mm -hmm. what's that mean? Well, guess what? He's chosen. He adamantly mm -hmm. says he's a boy, so shouldn't we respect that now and move on from this? and treat him as the boy like he wants to be treated. And there seems to be some evidence that this was, this was existing before Sawyer was even around, right? Like she had been posting about these types of ideas earlier. So there was a Facebook post when we were dating when she was first announcing she was pregnant online, I believe it was on Facebook. And she said like, baby Sawyer due in December, I'll love you whether you're a boy or girl or neither. And I provided that to the court as well, just to try to show like a trail of like, look, this might've been premeditated. So, what do you do now? What, what, what's your next step? I mean, obviously, because part of this is, you know, we have a, a lot of this is, a, is revolving around politics. And I think that's how a lot of the people in the audience think about this. It feels distant. It feels like politics. To you, it's really personal. Yeah. And it's not just about this gender situation. It's about the safety of your child and also, you know, a mental health situation that seems relatively serious. What, what can you do as a next step? Well, I'm appealing the court's decision to the appeals court. I've never done that before, but we're in the process right now. I, I feel good about that. Who knows what will happen? Um, and essentially, I'm talking to you, and I'm going to speak out as much as I can and do whatever it takes to protect my son. I have a duty as a dad. I love being a dad more than anything in the world. This being a parent, great. it's the best it's thing so you cool. can do in your life is yeah. be a parent. It's on, it transcends everything you, you thought yeah. was cool before that. Yeah, it totally does. Yeah. I mean, I would have never thought that until I was yeah. a parent, but it really does do that. It, it, it's, it's a totally different experience. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, so you're going to appeal this and hopefully, uh, hopefully win. Um, yeah. But I think what's also interesting about this is this is like it, there's not a, just an effort to, to do this in the media and to shame parents who don't recognize uh, this, you know, uh, new gender stuff. It, they're trying to lock this in legally with law now. And this is I mean, it's happening in California. Of course, it always starts in California, but yeah. it's happening in other blue states and it's going to keep spreading. What are they doing in California right now to try to lock this in? They're trying to pass some serious anti-parent bills. A lot of people in California are very concerned. I'm involved with some groups like Mom Army, Dad Army, Freedom Angels, Our Duty, mm. that are all attempting to fight these bills. I can tell you I spoke against AB 957, the one regarding family court granting custody to a parent that affirms a kid's fake gender or gender expression identity. Um, that's one of the main bills I'm against. And, uh, you know, we're, Californians are standing up. I think they've had enough. I see countless people say I'm, I'm a Democrat. I'm against this bill. You know, it's not even a right or left issue. This is a parent's right issue. Everyone should be able to come together as a country. Doesn't matter what side you're on. We all think that we should make the best decisions for our kids, not the government, and that we cannot let kids make decisions about medical things that they can never reverse that are going to harm them forever. I mean, how many detransitioners do you need to see? Yeah, and we constantly hear that it's not actually happening with kids as young as Sawyer, right? We're told like, oh, they're not really doing that. That's, it's really older kids, but this is happening. It's and, happening. It, and it seems to be about the parent, right? Like the parent is making 
a statement. It, it, do you think this is a statement that, I mean, again, I'm asking you to speculate a little bit, but is it something that she is um, just politically really feels passionate about? Is it something she's doing to get back at you? Do you have any idea where this is coming from? You know, I can't speak for her, of course, of course, but it could be any of the above. I think parents in general are definitely doing it for some sort of victim hierarchy class and, you know, likes on social media, et cetera. I think it's really sad, though, to, to sacrifice your kid to something like that. And also, it's, you love your kids more than anything in the world. Why wouldn't you want them to be happy with who they truly are? You know, that's what you want for someone you love. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, one There's, of the things that really concerns me about this is we, this is the only thing we do this with where you, are, you affirm something that's not real, right? Like, right. this is not something that's reality. And, like, when someone who, you know, is anorexic, for example, and they think they're fat, we don't go to them and say, actually, you are really fat, you should really cut down, and you only eat salads. would never do that. We would never do that. It would be a terrible way of handling it. Yet, with this one thing, we're told this is really helpful, and it scares parents. They, you know, the parents are threatened. They're, they say, hey, your, your kid's going to kill themselves. They tell them all these terrible things, and, you know, to some level, you can understand parents panicking and, and going along with this. But what do you t- what do you tell a parent? Like, what what can they do if they're in a similar situation? Is there any like organization that's putting stuff together? Is can they? What do people do? Well, it's emotional blackmail by the psychiatrists that are saying that to parents. Yeah. And from from what I can tell, you know, people like Chloe Cole. She's a friend of mine. She said she's never felt suicidal except after she did all of that. Yeah. But to parents, I mean, you have to be brave. You have to do whatever it takes to protect your kid. No longer can we just go along. This is all happening. So it seems like it's so quick, but it's been slowly happening for a long time. It's because everyone's too scared to say what they believe. We just need people to speak up and tell the truth. You know, to say what you truly believe. Everyone, I live in the Bay Area. Everyone's against this. I don't know any parent who's for any of this. I swear, no one. And it's just... It's really not a political issue. It's, yeah, it's not a political issue. And it's just, we need to be brave and speak up. Our representatives are not representing us mm. in the government. Yeah, and so at that level, it really is political. We do need people who are sane on these issues. But I, I do think that the solution to this is not really political. The solution to this is going to wind up being in the courts. I, I do think that like that's going to have to hit a bunch of... People are going to have to understand the courts set precedent on this stuff, and that's why it's really important, and your case is really important. Uh, Harrison Tinsley, you can help him out uh, and donate towards his legal cause here. GiveSendGo.com slash SavingSawyer. Uh, it's a it's a it's a really tough story to hear, but it's one you have to hear because this is happening more and more across the country, and we can't you know we can't let this happen. We can't let these kids be victims of all of this. Uh, Harrison, thanks so much for telling your story, and I hope people will go and help you out at Give Send Go. Thank you very much, Stu. Wouldn't your liberal friend be proud of you and be happy to see you walk by with a Biden 24 t-shirt or a Biden 24 coffee mug? They sure would. And they would be happy until they got closer and they saw it said anyone but Biden 24. Uh, The line is out now at, uh, of course, stewdoesmerch.com. The code is stew10 to save yourself 10%. It looks like a Biden 24 campaign shirt. It is I assure you not. It says anyone but Biden24. It's available at stewdoesmerch.com. Stewdoesmerch.com. The code is Stu10. So tomorrow on radio, going to be a huge show. I really don't want you to miss it. Uh, check it out. It starts, of course, uh, all, you know, it's all over the country uh, here on Blaze TV, 9 a.m. Eastern. You can watch it live as part of your Blaze TV subscription. BlazeTV.com slash stew is the place to go. You can use the promo code stew and save yourself 10 bucks. 
uh, we're going to go through this indictment. We're going to go through all the details related to it. And we're also not going to do what they want us to do, which is ignore all the Biden corruption. Every time something big happens in the Biden corruption case, we get new charges against Trump the next day. I mean, they're really not even trying to hide this at this point. Um, it's important to understand the Trump stuff, but it's also important to f understand the truth about what Joe Biden has done. We'll get into that tomorrow.